the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hour 2 of Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you, as always. It's great to be your host on this program. The number is 888-528-2557, la talks 888-528-2557. Two five five seven. You can join the conversation at any time by calling that number. I mentioned briefly last hour that stories are coming out that the United States has killed al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri in a drone strike and uh, takes you back a little bit. I don't know if you, uh, some of you aren't really even old enough to kind of think about this. The president's going to come out and speak, supposed to be at 4.30, and uh, although he tends to be very late to his uh, little conversation sometimes. Maybe not this one. I don't know what the deal was. It's a drone strike. Uh, it's not as dramatic as the Osama bin Laden one. Uh, it was people flying in helicopters invading another country to uh, take out a guy that they weren't even sure was there, which is a great story. Um, but uh, there is something to be said about the resolve of the United States. If you were around at uh, 9-11, and it's interesting to say that, you might be thinking, what do you mean if you were around? You know, if you are 25 years old, if you're 26, 27, you don't remember 9-11. You have no idea. It was 21 years ago this year. You know, at what point do you remember? Maybe as a kid you saw something on TV when you were five or six, but you probably didn't embrace that. Uh, that's how that's time flying. And I hate to bring that up for uh, for some of us, you know, that uh, you don't want to do the thing where you start counting how many years certain things were ago. Like you don't want if you're born in 1980, uh, you don't want to know that the difference between now and 1980 is the same as 1980 and 1938. You don't want to know that. You just don't want to hear that uh, as uh, it's just not something. But it is Monday. I guess we'll uh, we'll talk about it, you know, uh, for a Monday. But them's the brakes. That's just the way it goes. Um, anyway, we'll we'll pay attention to that. You don't need to turn over to uh, hear the president. Uh, he's usually late. It's an interesting thing. He gave a speech earlier this. Well, what was it? Was it on Friday? He was hour like more than an hour late. And what it's not unusual for you know some things happen. Somebody calls. You got to deal with it. You're the president. But the Biden administration, they never say. He just they just have everybody waiting for him, and they never say why he's late. I think that the you know the audience, and in this case, you know, it's not the television people because they can do whatever, but the people who are actually sitting there in the chairs, shouldn't they know? I did a wedding one time where the wedding started two hours late, and the reason was is the limousine driver took the bride's grandparents to the wrong place and really far out of range. They were really far away, and she said, I'm not doing this without them there. Okay. Well, we thought they'd be there in 15 minutes, half an hour, hour and four, you know. So I kept coming out to uh, tell the audience, uh, hey, we just have a little bit of delay and uh, we'll get started here. And just by the by an hour into it, I had to come out and every time convince people nothing's wrong. Uh, nobody's having cold feet. There isn't this. We're waiting for the grandparents. And I'll tell you what, by two hours, the guests were um, 
looking around to see if they still had the receipt for the gifts. They thought, this isn't going to happen. There's something else going on. Well, finally, Grandma and Grandpa showed up, and uh, we chastised the limousine driver, and everything came out just fine. Anyway, the president will be a little bit late, uh, and we should forgive him for that. Speaking of uh, forgiveness, I want to talk about this for a, a minute. Last uh, weekend, Will Smith, remember the whole Oscar incident with Will Smith, and uh, he walked up on stage, and he smacked Chris Rock in the face, and then their their publicists, they put out uh, you know different statements about it and apologies, but everybody knew that was sort of just what publicists do. Well, this weekend, Will Smith was asked in some kind of q and A. I don't know if it was planned or if it was just he decided to answer it kind of where this is. And what I wanted to ask you is, that was in what? It was in in March, I think. And I'll tell you what, that, that incident, by the way, on, on this show, people couldn't stop calling in about it for like three days. You guys were – there was something very powerful about that moment because it was just it, – it just transcended what – actually happened in that small thing between two guys it it went right into our lives in a whole lot of different ways how long do you think is is too long to say you're sorry you know at what point it has maybe somebody who has offended you or done something new it's just been too long do you feel like there's ever been too long or or do you feel like that there's somebody who you need to apologize to but it's just been so long that now you feel stupid you know for doing it um, what do you think about that? This is what Will Smith had to say when asked about his relationship with Chris Rock and if he'd ever apologized to him. Why didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? Um, I was fogged out by that point. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris, um, and the, mes- the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. Um, so I will, I will say to you, uh, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable. And I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. So that was Will Smith talking about where things stand in his uh, relationship, whatever it is with Chris Rock. And of course, that's only Will Smith's side of it. I don't think Chris Rock really had uh, anything to say that I'm aware of. But really, what I wanted to put out there for you is how long uh, until you really and is there a, is there a limit to forgiveness? Now Jesus tells us that we sh- how long you know how many times should we forgive people? Well, seven times people said they well no seven times seventy, which means always. Is there a time limit? Do you put a time limit on forgiveness on your heart? I'll tell you what, as pastor, you know I think that there's a there's a Sunday school answer here, right? The Sunday school answer we we probably know it is no, you should always be ready to forgive people, but. Sometimes in real life, that's easier said than done. And how do we get there a little bit? See, I counseled a guy one time who was dying, older guy, and he had been estranged from his son, he said, for 50 years. And they hadn't spoken. He didn't even know where his son was. And so he wanted me to try to find his son to see if he could apologize. So 50 years went by. And the reason that they had fought was because they argued about a car payment. 
Now, Dad was probably right, at least from Dad's version of the story. Yeah, the, his son promised he would pay, make the car payments, and then the son wasn't. And then Dad was stuck with his car eventually. And I'm sure that caused a lot of financial stress, and it caused great stress in their relationship. And one day they said, you know what, I'm not talking to you anymore. Fine, I'm not talking to you. And they didn't. And it doesn't end well. The story is, is uh, they never, you know, we never found his son. And I don't even know. We didn't even know if his son was still alive. You know, 50 years, lots of things can happen. I think that sometimes we get stuck in something where we just have a really hard time forgiving other people. How do you react when somebody wrongs you? When, like, they really do? Do you say anything? Do you immediately confront them? Or do you confront them uh, in such a way that it just escalates the problem? I think that's what a lot of us do, right, is we just escalate it. So Chris Rock wrongs uh, Will Smith. And, uh, you know, we at the time we had all these conversations about what he should have done. Like maybe he just should have just walked out with his wife and uh, not been there whenever the Best Actor Award. It would have made a great statement whenever that Best Actor Award was given to him. What do you think? The number is 888-528-2557. Have you experienced forgiveness in a way that was tremendous? in a way that you didn't expect, in a way that really helped bring healing or were able to give forgiveness. Or maybe you found forgiveness from somebody that you've forgiven. Maybe they haven't forgiven you or maybe they haven't accepted it, but you know that before God, you've done the right thing. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557 is the number. I don't know. I saw that story and I thought, you know what? I wonder how much of how many of us are dealing with that. You know, I think we all have relationships maybe with friends or or coworkers or colleagues of different ways that are that are tense uh and the things have happened. How many of us are dealing with estrangement? Or how many of us are dealing with this with a parent or a kid or within the church? Happens all the time in in the church. What is what are some things that happen? You know what worries me is that when we don't want to forgive when we feel like we just can't forgive, what it does to us is it just kind of wrecks us. I uh, was talking with somebody once who was going through divorce, and he spoke to uh, another woman who had was going through divorce, had been through divorce, and that divorce was terrible. It was really brutal, and it was awful, and she was definitely the, you know, the victim in it. And he said, how do you deal with it? Because he was the victim in his. And her advice was, hold on to the hate. Just hold on to the hate. That was her advice. And I've always remembered that. And those of us who are around to hear it, we joke with each other all the time about that whenever we see each other now. Sometimes that's our default answer. Hold on to the hate. Because it's such a terrible answer. It's just the, like the worst possible thing, that <laughs> that answer. But how true is that answer for so many of us? where we just kind of hold on to it for a long, long time. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 17, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. He begins and he starts talking about how to treat one another. If you... If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. 
even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. They found that to be so difficult. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things I appreciate about that story is that that's true, right? Is that sometimes it's just really hard. And he replied, Jesus replied, if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, this is the context, by the way, of mustard seed faith. If your faith is as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and plant in the sea and it will obey you. And you get this, that's the context of that is forgiveness, that if you're thinking to yourself, you know what, this person is never going to say they're sorry, or maybe I shouldn't forgive them. I had a guy one time at a church meeting who was upset with somebody. He stood up and he said, I, he named him and he said, and I am never, ever going to forgive them for this. And you go, there's very much nothing biblical about this. Now, those other people, they did wrong. They were, they were definitely in the wrong and, uh, he was definitely right to be the one who was sinned against, um, but what he did was equally as bad or maybe worse if he never really did forgive. I think at time the you know, heart softened in that situation and stuff. Um, but it's really hard. Do I have to forgive even if they don't repent? You know, I think it's it's hard to know how much of it is Hollywood and publicity when we're talking about famous people doing this. But, you know, I think one of the things we remark about when we saw this is Will Smith had a very – um, you know, when he said I was fogged out, he was probably a mess for that rest of the day, maybe in shock. Everybody kind of was. Um, what's real, I don't know, but I think we relate whichever side of it we're on. It's hard to forgive over and over again. Do I have to forgive them if they don't repent? And, you know, the answer is yes, love your enemies. Do you ever use the word enemy? Uh, maybe you have an enemy. I had a friend one time who sat down with me one of my best friends, and he said, I, we go, we go to coffee, and there was something on his mind, and he said, I have an arch enemy, and he was completely serious, and I'm thinking, I don't think I really have anybody I would attach the word enemy to, but you have an arch enemy, like this is a comic book or something, you've got an arch enemy, and then he went on to explain his arch enemy, and this person had done some pretty terrible things, and we had to talk a lot about how do you forgive? And this person was kind of out of reach, so he couldn't really even get back to this person to even deal with it. How do you deal with this? Um, I had a guy subletting my apartment once in college, and uh, he left a notebook where he listed everybody he knew, and he marked them off as enemy or friend. I think Richard Nixon did that. It was called the uh, enemies list or something. He had a little notebook and he little check marks by them. Well, uh, he's an enemy. Well, he's probably a friend. Isn't that right? Um I'm not sure if that was on the tapes, but, you know, sometimes politicians have enemies lists. This guy had an enemies list. Some of them were scribbled out where they were an enemy, but now they're a friend. Um, you know, basically, our enemies tend to be people who are unrepentant toward us, right? I think a hard thing about Jesus' teaching is we got to forgive anyway. Not forgiving can be a stumbling block to others, including our kids. Our, our kids know. You know, they they know a lot of what's going on. Even if your kid's nose is in the iPad and just playing some kind of game— uh, which is bad, a whole other uh, discussion, but your kids do know what's going on, you know? And one of the things that's, you know, for you, if you're struggling in this area, is Jesus says in John 17, where he's talking about this in verse five, you know, the apostles said to the Lord, they did not say, increase our love. What's interesting to me is they said, increase our faith. That it's not really about love. It's about faith. It's, you know, 
they said, increase our faith. And then Jesus replied, well, if you have faith, it's as small as, small as a mustard seed. You can do this. But really, Jesus wants people to, to have faith and to love. Are you able to love that person who has sinned against you, who is who you would describe as an enemy? Do you ever use faith as an excuse? Give me more faith. Well, I don't have enough faith to do that. You know, I wish I had enough faith to pray every day. Well, you do have enough faith to pray every day. Just pray every day. Do it. I wish I had enough faith to treat people better. Well, you do have enough faith to treat people better. We we all know how to treat people better. We know how to do it. We know how to go into an, a, a, you know, a store or somewhere and treat the employee with respect, um, especially if we want a discount, especially if we hope to get that coupon, right? We, we know how to do it. And from a discipline standpoint, we can. It's, it's about faith, but it's also about just choosing to love as Jesus commands. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. You are listening to Southern California Live. Margie in Santa Ana, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah. Yes, this is a this is a very difficult um, subject because um, I have wronged my my daughter, and she's wronged me. I've, I've uh, asked for forgiveness many times, and... Um, she has, uh, well, to this point, has not felt like I, I have been forgiven by her. She has not spoken to us very often, uh, no communication, mm-hmm. no no response to text, um, and it's been over 10 years. Okay. And it's, it's very difficult. And what do you do as a mother when your child doesn't speak to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's been 10 years, and you haven't, you yeah. haven't spoken in 10 years? Well, we have spoken, but it hasn't been exactly. Yeah, um, it's not very, very deep. Good. Not the relationship no. that, you sh- that it ought to be. Do you no, think, no, do you... and and what do you do as a mom when you ask for forgiveness and they say, "Oh, yes, we've forgiven you," but their actions do not show it. Right. Well, part of forgiveness is it's got to be a condition of the heart, right? So, right. It's one thing to say well, you're sorry; it's another thing to mean it. Right, and I I continue to pray for their hearts, and um, you know I I continue to pray that the Lord will uh, continue to show me um, love towards them. Yeah. You know, you know I think that the way you have to do it, Margie, is to keep doing that, keep praying for them, and to keep actively loving your daughter. Do you live uh, near her? Like, do you see each other? <laughs> Uh, no, she lives in another state. Another state. Um, but you know, texting is very easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I when I when I text and there's no response, you know, that's hurtful. You know. Yeah. You but, know, I do you ever see her in person? Um, I saw her a couple of weeks ago um, in person. I I went um, to see her unannounced because I it was probably a poor decision on my part, but. I wanted to uh, show her love, and um, they definitely did not show love towards me. So, and you said um, they is it uh, like her husband or a? Uh... Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So you know, I will continue to pray for them. Um, I know their hearts are in a different place. Um, I pray that one day God will bring um, my daughter and her husband back to our family. Um, we love them uh, very much. 
Um, I don't know where they stand with us, yeah. but you know, it's it's a painful thing when your child doesn't speak to you. Yeah, I'm really sorry that that's happening uh, to you um, in that relationship. You know, what I would tell you is there's always hope. All right, as people uh, kind of grow older and they start to see things differently. Uh, You have to keep praying and you have to keep loving and make sure that in whatever way you're doing it, that there isn't like a but involved with your whatever the conversation is. You know, that's which is hard. It's hard as mom, right, to do that. It is. It Uh is. And, you know, I was not a perfect parent. Uh, The only perfect parent is God. And, you know, I I could do uh, I I wish I could do uh, do overs, but I can't. Yeah. Have you you told her that specifically? That I can't do do-overs? I wish I could do a do-over, but I can't, but I love you. and I'm... Um, Probably not in those specific words, but she um, she wants something, and I've asked her, what do you want from me? And she says, you should know. Uh, that, to me, is it, she's playing games with yeah. us. But do you know? Um, do you know what she means when she says that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> You know, I, I and and you know, I'm getting older, and you know, if if she did tell me uh, a couple of years ago, I'm getting older. I, sometimes I don't even know what I had for breakfast yesterday. Right. So, no. You know, can you can you tell me can you tell me what you want again? Yeah. And um, Margie, here's know, something that I would do, and uh, you know, it's, first of all, you keep praying, and really yeah. ask God to seek out your heart for everything. Okay, Um, and maybe something you think about is to start to write it down in a letter. It's just another approach, and it's not to give you any hope that things might be different. But maybe if you wrote down what you would really like to say, and then give it to, and then give it to, don't send it right away. Give it to somebody that you really trust to give you good feedback. Okay, that's a good idea. You know, and somebody who's going to read into it that says, "Hey, I might receive it this way," right? And work on it with somebody, and then then pray about sending it because maybe that's going to to really help. And you and you just have to be very honest when you say you should know. You know, you if it's true that you you don't know, then you say I have I have I would love to know and I would love to talk about it. You know, offer anything, offer to have a third party come in, offer you know, do whatever it takes. That's what I would do. But but have somebody else involved because sometimes other people can hear something that that you might be communicating that you don't mean. No, and I and I hear you and I think that's a a good idea and I'm not gonna lose hope. Uh she she's my child yeah. and God hasn't given up on me and I'm not gonna give up on her. Yeah, and don't do that. Margie, uh thank you for calling and I'm gonna pray for you and then I've gotta go to a break, okay? Okay, thank you. Uh, God, I thank you for Margie. I thank you for her daughter and her son-in-law. And whatever's going on here, Lord, in these issues, I pray that you would reveal the truth to Margie, that she would know, and that you would soften everybody's heart in whichever direction that needs to happen, and that you would restore this relationship, and that this would happen now, that you would give Margie wisdom, that you would give her daughter wisdom, and that... You would also give them patience to take the steps and and repair this relationship and also make them both aware of your presence and your your love for them and the fact that you sent your son to die for us 
uh, because we were estranged from you. And help us to understand that deeply. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Margie, thank you very much for your call and for listening. i got to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, I'll be back as the Monday edition of Southern California Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, Scott Furrow. I'm your host, it's great to be your host. It's great to be with you today on this fine Monday. We're here every day from 3 to 5. Every day for your drive home, your afternoon, picking up the kids. Are you picking up the kids yet? Kids are coming back to school. It's happening uh, this week in some places. Next week, next couple of weeks, most of the uh, Southland will be back in school. It seems like a crime to me because it was always after Labor Day. I thought that was the purpose of Labor Day, last day of summer. Now it's just your first uh, day off in your school year. 888-528-2557. And we were talking about forgiveness and how hard that is. And it is hard, especially when things have just taken so long to get around to. Sometimes you even forget why you're mad, you know, and you can be reminded really quick once you get into it, though. Um, but we are still called to do it. You know, one of the things that helps, and it helps just on a regular basis with every part of our life, there was a study that was released a couple days ago in Japan, and it was about taking time up to 20 minutes a day, for at least 20 minutes a day, where you go somewhere and sit down somewhere without any distractions, especially without your smartphone, and do that for just 20 minutes. Just take some time and go think. Do you have a, a spot where you just go think? John Maxwell wrote a whole book, I think, about this uh, called Your Thinking Chair or something, where there's like you pick a chair in your house, you find a place where you just go and you sit and you think. You don't do anything. You don't bring a book. You don't bring your phone. You have quiet and you just think for a few uh, minutes a day. I've got to tell you what. I do this as much as I can. Or uh, for me, I go for a walk. Now I have a little puppy, which forces me to take these walks, and he's a little bit of a distraction. But mostly he does his business. And if I go on a really long walk, it needs to be a good 20 minutes. Otherwise, it doesn't really work, right? It's got to have some some time. But you, you know, in the area of, of forgiveness, in the area of our relationships with each other, when you take some time to think, when you take some time to do this, it actually has an effect where God brings things to your mind. God will bring things to your mind that you need to deal with. God will bring things to your mind people that you need to have conversations with. You ever have uh, imaginary conversations with people in your head? Uh, probably you're doing that because you're mad at them or you're afraid of them. Uh, but usually it's because you're mad at them, right? If you're having imaginary conversations in, with your head with some people, that probably means you got some work to do, you know, for those people, you know, that there's some forgiveness that needs to happen. You know, maybe you don't need to talk to them. Maybe the problem is just you because <laughs> they're not part of that conversation in real life. It's like if you, uh, you know, you have a bad dream that your husband cheated on you and then you wake up and you kick him out of the house. Uh, you don't want to do that. Uh, that's just a dream. Uh, don't do that. Sometimes we have these imaginary conversations in our, in our mind about things that were in the past or things we wish we would say or conversation we wish we would happen. If you're having that about a specific person, if that's what goes through your mind when you have moments of aloneness, uh, maybe that's a person that you need to forgive Maybe you need to go talk to them, but maybe you don't. Maybe it's all in your head. And, you know, having some time together, it teaches us, uh, it gives us an opportunity to think about some things. And research is suggesting, the Bible tells you this too, but research is suggesting 
that thinking to yourself can actually be very engaging. If you think you're boring, you're not. You are not a boring person. Now, some people really struggle with anxiety and stuff, and you can live too much in your head, but you need to also be able to process in a rational way. And it takes some discipline. And one of the reasons I think we don't get along as well as uh, societies we used to, and the study, this Japanese study suggests this, is our our cell phones. Everyone's just staring at their phone. And something that surprised me in this study, out of the top 24 countries in the world, who would you say, top 24 cell phone using countries in the world, who would you say uses their cell phone more than anybody else? Who spends the most time? I was shocked that the United States is not at the top of the list. In fact, on this list, we're 18. We're not even close. China's number one. Saudi Arabia, number two. Malaysia, number three. Brazil, number four. South Korea, five. Iran, six, seven. Canada, eight. Turkey, nine. Egypt, Nepal, Italy, Australia, Israel, Serbia, Japan, then United Kingdom, then India, then the United States then Romania, Nigeria, Belgium, Switzerland, France, and Germany. This is something I think that's preventing us, not just from having social interaction, but preventing us from having thought, preventing us from even some rational thought, preventing us, I think, then from making good decisions that we make when we've spent some time to think, when we spend some time to meditate. And then, and for Christians, where we've spent some time to meditate on the Word of God, where you should spend some time reading the the Bible, but read a passage and then just think about it for a while. And that's what it means to meditate on it, to, to think about that for a while. You'd be amazed if you make a discipline of this, how God starts to really work in your life and what kinds of things get resolved. Forgiveness will be at the top of the list. I think that's why it's hard, because when we spend time with God or spend time in our thoughts, you know, we're usually thinking about relationships somehow. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and this is Jackie from Compton on the line. Jackie, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hi. Um, I'm listening to your show about forgiveness, and I wanted to say something about it. I wanted to say that I've found out in my own life that forgiveness is a gift, a gift from God. Yeah. When we learn to forgive, I honestly believe it's a gift from God. And I'm going to tell you how at my, as quick as I can. Um, when I was younger, I was 21, and um, I left home when I shouldn't have with an argument with my father. Mm. And I met a person, and um, I thought he was a good person. And um, I was raised Catholic at that time. And um, at 21 years old, I became involved with him, and he was older than me, and um, he date raped me, okay? Okay. I'm sorry. And I never never shared this with my parents. I never shared it with my sister. I only shared it with a good friend of mine, and I kept that. Mm. And I, I continued in the relationship with him. Because I was raised that the first guy you're with, you stay with. Mm-hmm. But I, I was not happy. And when I became pregnant, I left him. And I never was married. And I had a child by him. And I have a son, beautiful son right now. Yeah. He's 36 years old. Mm. Okay. And um, he's involved with his dad. Um, his dad didn't want nothing to do with him. 
I raised him by myself for a while. And um, I went about my life and um, hoping that my son would never, you know, know nothing about his dad. Well, he found his dad, came back into his life, and they they have a relationship. And I've been praying and praying for years because I did not like how I felt. Um, And God just, in my walk with the Lord, I was... I prayed about this, and I never thought he did, never asked me for forgiveness. It's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I just I saw him recently. I, w- I went to see my son, and he was there, and we talked a little bit. And I brought up, I told him, it, it just amazed me what came out of my mouth. And I know it wasn't me. I know it was God because I said to him, um, "Have you ever accepted Jesus as your personal savior?" Uh-huh. And he looked at me and he said, well, I got baptized. And I go, yes, he says, in the Mormon church. I go, but that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, have you ever? And he said, no. And he says that he prefers just to go to hell. And I said, well, that's really sad because I would like to see you in heaven. And that came out of me. Mm -hmm. And when that came out of me, those words, I felt such amazing peace within myself that all that junk that I was carrying inside of me, all of it, in one moment, just one moment, it just went away. And it hasn't came back. I don't have no hard feelings, because I know God has my son, and I know God has me. And people make their own choices, and I'm still praying for him, for Victor. His name was Victor, is Victor. And um, I just, I just wanted to share it. It's a I believe it's 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 from God. Forgiveness is from God. And I wanted to tell Margie to just keep on praying because I prayed for years. I'm I wasn't just a one day thing. And I just wanted to share that. I just I felt compelled to call and share yeah. this. I re- I really did. Jackie, thank and, you and for thank you for sharing yes, your you. story there. You know, um, thank you for allowing me to yeah, do this. Yeah. And you know that the reason that you, you felt that is because somewhere in your heart, you know, part of forgiveness is the recognition that we're all fall short of the glory of God, right? That yes. this yes. person wronged you, but yes. we've all wronged, wronged God. God too. Yep. And God forgave me. And you yes. got to love yes. his soul. And you know what? I'm going to pray for Victor. I got to go to a, a break here. Um, thank you so much. What can I do that, uh, Jackie? I'll, sure. Uh, all right. I would love that. God, thank I thank you. you for Jackie and for her story and what you've put on her heart. I pray for Victor that he would get saved, that he would be removed from the Mormon church, that he would understand who Jesus really is yes, and that Jesus died for his sins and that the way to go to heaven, the way to have everlasting life is not to earn it, but to, to acknowledge that Jesus earned it for you and that we all fall short of the glory of God. I thank you for Jackie. I pray that you would continue to work on work through her heart and the heart of her son in this relationship, thank you. and that all three of them would be together forever with Jesus one day. In Jesus' name, I, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Jackie, thank thank, thanks for calling so much. Everybody, be kind and compassionate to each other. The Apostle writes, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. And the way he forgave us is... When we didn't deserve it, he forgave us before we even recognized we were sinners. He forgave us. That's how we are to love other people. i got to take a break. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back with the Monday edition as it continues in just a moment. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5. 
KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. We're talking about forgiveness on this hour of Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. It's an interesting topic to do at the same time as the president is delivering remarks on how we killed a terrorist who attacked our country. And, you know, is uh, are we supposed to... Uh, Forgive and not respond with justice. I recognize there's probably some different opinions about whether we should be doing this or not, or in the way that we're doing it, apparently with a drone strike and things like that. Uh, justice is always something that God also does. That's why Jesus had to die. The president, uh, I guess, is uh, just speaking or spoke a few moments ago on uh, what happened there. But, you know, I know that there are some of you who are thinking of somebody in your life right now who you wish a drone strike would happen to them. You know, that's what happens sometimes when we have bitterness and we have a hurt and pain, um, but it's it's not what should happen. You know, and we were talking about why it's important to take some time to think, some time to get away. Do you do this? Do you actually have a place where you go just to think, where you can put your phone down? I've been trying to be more disciplined about this. I've been so busy. And, you know, in this job, I get my phone all the time because it's work, right? Everything that's going on, I can mark these articles. I read a lot and I read on my phone. I've got the, you know, the digital books and I read. I read on my phone. If I'm in line at the grocery store, I'm probably reading a book. If I have a down moment some at some point, I'm probably reading a book and or reading the news or reading something. But I realized that even though I'm not, you know, just scrolling through the social media all the time or some other things that are just a waste of time, I I still need to put that down. One of the greatest moments is that when you can put down whatever it is that you're doing, even if it's a good thing, maybe it's chores around your house, maybe you're doing yard work all the time, maybe it's a hobby that you really love, and there's something that's great about whatever it is that you're you're doing, you need to spend some time just with the Lord. You need to spend some time just with your thoughts and meditating on what happens. You know, what what occurs when you, you do this. Uh, it's also good. It's also somebody wrote once that meditation is a great friend to memory, that it helps you remember. One of the reasons we forget all the time is that we don't think through the events that happen to us during the day. And we don't take time to make decisions about small things. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the one, which means happy. That's what blessed is. It's happy. Happy is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. And therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. You know what happens when you, when you take some time to think and when you take some time to take a piece of God's word and just think about that. I think there's value in just thinking about our life, but you have to do that in communion with the Lord. You have to do that and realize you're not alone. The Lord's with you. I read in a book a long time ago, this phrase, I try to remember it. You know, do you ever pray and you pray, God be with us today? God, you know, I hope that uh, you're with us today on our trip and we pray. We, we say prayers like for traveling mercies and we say prayers for this and that. 
the interesting thing is if you pray and you say, God, be with me as I do whatever, or be with me today, we're ignoring something. It's something I think that becomes cliche, that if you're a believer, God is already with you. That the better prayer is, God, make me aware of your presence, because God's already there. God, make me aware that you are with me now. And, you know, it's very easy to ignore the presence of God when you are in the presence of TikTok, when you're in the presence of your Facebook, when you're in the presence of your email, when you're in the presence of a good book. I'll tell you what, as a pastor, sometimes you're in the presence of the Word of God and you're preparing a radio show or you're preparing your sermon, and it's not the same It's not the same at all as being in the Word of God so that He develops you as a person. In fact, I'll I'll tell you something. The way you can pray for your pastor is that your pastor gets time in the Word of God that isn't sermon prep, time in the Word of God that's not just preparing for the small group. Maybe that's true of you. You're a Sunday school teacher, you're a small group leader, or you're doing something that is a part of your church ministry, and that's the time you spend in the Word. You need to be in the Word where it's just you and God, you and Jesus, and you're hanging out, and uh, you're in the Word, and you're thinking about Him. It will change your life if you did that, even for like 20 minutes a day. And here's the best way to do it. Go find a spot where you can do it, where that place, this is my advice to you if you want to do this, find a place. It can be in your house. It can be a chair in your house. It can be a room of your house. It can be outside in the backyard or the front yard. Probably not the front yard because you got people walking by and you should interact with those people. The ice cream man comes by and then you got to go get, you know, an ice cream sandwich or, you know, you can't get a Choco Taco anymore because those are gone. But you can get, uh, you know, whatever they got. Find a place where nobody was. I used to hike up this mountain because I had time and because I was younger. And, but I could go up all the way to the top. Now, there was a way, it was this great hike in San Diego. It's Cal's Mountain, if you're familiar with that area in San Diego. There's lots of hikes like that. And then you kind of go winding up and down. I don't know, it took about an hour, hour and a half to get up there. Now, behind it, though, is a road. You can just walk up the road and be up there in a few minutes. So sometimes I would cheat. Sometimes I would, if I had time, I would do the hike. But if I really just needed to cheat, I would go up this road. But see, I would go to the top, and then off the back, I would climb down these rocks. And there was this little... Uh, sort of cave in the rocks, not really a cave, but just a little cleft of, in the rock, all right? And I would sit there, and that's where I would do my quiet time, my Bible study, my prayer time. And that place be with me and God was such a great spot to go to. Now, that's a lot harder to get to than what you need to do if you're going to do it on a regular basis. Um. I used to also be able to just find a place along the beach where the waves were crashing so loudly that even if there were other people around, I wouldn't hear them, and I could just spend that time with the Lord. Those are some, I think, some fun ways to go do it, but just find a a spot. It can be in your house. It doesn't need to be fancy. You can call it your, your prayer closet if you want to, and you go in there, and you just, wherever this is, have no distractions, leave your phone out of the room. Don't go in there with your iPad or tablet. Make sure there's no TV on. You've turned it off. Turn your phone off for those few minutes. Somebody was writing today, what did we do? I saw this old conversation today. What did we do in the old days when you had to pick up somebody at the airport and you didn't have cell phones? You know what we did back in those days is we picked you up right at the gate. You'd come off the plane and right there at the gate, we would be there and we would hug you and we'd give you flowers or a gift or we would take you right out to the car. That's what we would do. And if your plane was late, well, we just hung out in the airport. That's what we did. 
Those days are gone and we're so busy and so distracted. You can turn off your phone. The world is not going to end. If something bad happens, it will still be happening in 20 minutes. You can figure that out. And sit there and spend some time with the Lord and start to work stuff out. Maybe there is somebody you need to forgive, as we've been talking about. And maybe you don't know how to do it. Then ask God, God, if you want me to forgive this person, you got to help me forgive my heart. And in your heart, it's where it matters because you can say the words and the words are important. They might be really important to that person. They're really important in their relationship. But in your heart, you've also got to do it even just for yourself. Maybe you've already said, I'm sorry. I don't know that you need to keep saying it, but you've got to do it in your heart. And it is about you. As Jackie mentioned, it, it's maybe you're not going to restore that relationship there, but there's something broken between us and God whenever we don't forgive somebody who sinned against us. Ephesians chapter 4, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God, Christ God forgave you. This is how Jesus forgave us. When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the thing is that we, you know, Jesus on the cross was not dealing with a war between God and Satan. He was dealing with a war between God and us and restoring the relationship between us and God so that we could have that relationship, that there is grace, there is forgiveness, there is love, there is all this stuff. If you need to to know who Jesus is, if you need to do that, would you write me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com? And we'll point you in the right direction. You need to know that God loves you, that he's forgiven you. And if you're having trouble forgiving somebody else, the example is Jesus's forgiveness of you. The example is the way God has forgiven you, that he gave something up, something that he didn't have to, um, something that was all on him. You can do the same thing if you need to forgive somebody. And who knows, maybe God is going to restore a relationship that you need restored in life. Never give up on that. Never give up on that and just love people. I got to take a break. There's obviously a whole lot more we can say about that. And my break is going to continue until three o'clock tomorrow because that's when we're on. We're on from three to five. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Go to kkla.com for the podcast and look for Southern California Live. We're on every day, three to five. God bless you. Scott Furrow signing off until tomorrow at three. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.